I'm Brenna Ramirez, wide receiver, DB, and safety um, for Lady Ghost, Sentinelas, Valley Fever, and 17U USA Girls National Team. I'm a class of 2022. Uh, Kaiser Commit, and you're listening to Playmakers Corner. You're dang right. Woo! Uh. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Playmakers Corner podcast. I am one of your hosts, or the host for this episode, I should say, Cody Stoffer, and I am joined here by a very special guest and a very elite talent. If you'd like to introduce yourself, where you're from, some of the teams that you play for, the positions that you play, uh, go ahead and jump right into it here. All right. Uh, I'm 17 years old. I'm living and from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I'm playing mainly wide receiver, but a little bit of cornerback and safety as well. I've been playing for about 11 or so years, and the teams I've played with and play with now, I play with Lady Ghost, Valley Fever, Sentinelas. I played with Texas Fury before, and I'm currently a member of the 17U USA girls national team as well. Yeah, enough to stay busy and keep your calendar full, that's for sure. And uh, That's right. You know, Amongst all of those teams and all of your experiences, uh, I know that it's probably a pretty tough competition here, but, you know, something that we ask all of our athletes here is, what is your favorite sports ex- sports experience or memory while playing? My favorite experience? I'd have to say one of the most memorable just recently happened in February, late February. I played with uh, the Sentinelas team in Hermosillo, Mexico. And we were playing the championship. All the games prior to that, we went undefeated. The games weren't so hard, but I mean, I was still getting ready for the championship, knew not to take it easy, whatnot. Well, all of a sudden, it seemed like there were some cheap calls thrown and whatnot. But uh, at halftime, we were down 26-8. And we're all all pretty stunned by what happened. But um, slowly through that second half, we just meant we're able to turn it around, get stops on defense, slowly inch our way to the goal line and score three times. We ended up going into overtime with 26-26 all. And um, in that first play, Leah Paulette threw a game-winning pass to Sarah Villarreal. And uh, sure enough, that was game and we'd won that championship. So I'd have to say that was one of the most hard-won games I'd ever played and by far one of the most memorable. I mean, that sounds like an instant classic. It has everything that you want, you know, a comeback and overtime. And, uh, you know, it's great to hear, you know, that obviously you enjoy making plays too, but just also you're a great teammate and you care about winning and you don't care how it's served up. But, uh, you know, as long as you guys take home the gold at the end of the day and you left it all on the field, that's what matters. And uh, hearing those priorities is always really encouraging, you know, uh, to coaches and scouts and stuff like that and, you know, here at the podcast, we love to hear the stand-up and the excitement as well. You know, as, as you're telling it, I'm trying to put myself in that in that state of mind as like a spectator and as a player. And there's just nothing quite like it uh, when you come back in in a big game. So, kudos for that. Thank you. And then uh, maybe maybe taking it down a notch, maybe not taking it down a notch. Uh, you know, we always ask all of our guests here. You know, assuming that they're sports fans here and you and I, you know, had a little chat before the show and you said, oh yeah, definitely that you're a sports fan. What is your favorite sport viewing experience? This could be a game that you went and saw live. This could be, you know, a professional game. This could be, you know, collegiate high school, whatever. Or, you know, it could be a game that you watch from home and you just remember, you know, that experience and everything like that. Uh, So what is your favorite sport viewing experience? Man... I'd have to say one of the most memorable was definitely Super Bowl 49 when the Seahawks play the Patriots. I can't say I'm a big fan of those since I'm a diehard Cardinals fan, but um, at the one-yard line, the Seahawks decided to throw that pass, and there comes Malcolm Butler right through the middle with the pick, and you see react- Tom Brady's reaction from the sideline and just to close a game like that, looking like against you at the one-yard line and to make a stop like that. That is to remember for generations. Yeah, that was a very exciting game. And, uh, 
my uh, my bampa, which is, you know, like a, a northeastern term for grandpa, he is a huge Patriots <laughs> fan and he was losing his mind. I thought he was going to have a heart attack because of how exciting that game was. And uh, I mean, Malcolm Butler's story is something to love as well. You know, I mean, literally like just working a regular job, not even that long before making that play. And uh, that's the magic of football, right? Anybody can make the play whenever. So absolutely. And, you know, speaking of making plays and stuff, you know, we kind of have added this question a little bit more recently in our interviews and, you know, just kind of wondering, you know, our players and athletes relationship with the game of football. Is there a specific point where you fell in love with football or, you know, you can pinpoint like maybe a series of events that led to you really realizing this is it. This is what I'm going to pursue. Mm hmm. I'd have to say, I mean, it starts it starts way back. Um, I must have been, I mean, geez, from the earliest I can remember, I was at least always doing something involving sports. I sort of a ball in my hand, playing, doing whatever I could, playing wall ball with the kids. And um, I remember all the time in the backyard, I used to play catch with my dad, not with a softball, baseball, all the time, and I, I loved it. And um, so I started my first season uh, when I was six years old in first grade. And uh, from there, I must have played, I don't even know, must have been at least 15 seasons from then, including fall and spring. And um, I just remember there's there's just no other sport like it. I've played multiple other sports before. I played basketball, volleyball, soccer, and there's just nothing quite like football. And I remember... Uh, a couple years ago, the main cutoff age for girls out of football was 14 years old. And um, they had just recently sent it to 15. So I was like, I'm going to jump on that right away when I can. Um, but I could just go to college and be a typical student. But I was like, I still want to play sports. So I, and I was just playing club softball for my freshman and sophomore year. And every time I was on that field, that shortstop, I was just running around in circles in the heat and thinking like, man, imagine if this was football. And in May of 2020, when I heard that article come out saying the NAI had added college football as a sport, I just, I lost it. And I got three or four texts instantly from past coaches I'd had saying, Brenna, check this out. And um, so just to know that there's no other sport like football for me personally. And um, I, I knew I, it was what my passion was from the start. I'd always watched NFL games, all the Cardinals games, whenever I could on Sundays. And just going over all the different players and the different mind and skill sets they had it was just nothing like it you know i'd have to agree especially as someone who's you know not playing the game anymore i mean i love to coach and stuff and obviously still watch but it's just different it's it's indescribable right just that that intensity that it has and you know just the variety of ways that you can make plays and the interactions that you have are timeless for sure. So I, I get it. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it's, it's even better kind of looking back on it and thinking, yeah, there, there's nothing quite like it. That's a great way to describe it. So, you know, on episode, I believe 155 is where I did your breakdown, obviously. And it was mainly of your offensive film, but uh, I just want to say thank you for putting together your defensive film and I just took some notes. Uh, you mainly played safety in the film, but also, you know, like you said, dabble in cornerback a little bit, too. And uh, I think I saw you in the box once or twice from the safety position, you know, playing that middle of the field. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. she's got range listeners on the defensive side of the ball. And so I just wanted to hammer off some of these quick notes here and kind of get, you know, this is our first raw reaction to to a film assessment, basically. So, you know. Strengths, I mean, it's very obvious that you're a receiver and that, you know, your ball instincts and ball skills carry over to the defensive side of the ball. You play the ball better than the other team's receivers, which is just insane. Because, <laughs> I mean, we know that you're a dog on the offensive end of the ball, but, I mean, they're supposed to be a dog, too, and you just out-muscle them for the ball or just locate it a lot better. <laughs> so, I mean... The ball skills that you have on offense carry over to defense very well. You adjust to the ball really well in air, whether you're playing man or zone. And that's something that we kind of always look at for 
cornerbacks and safeties is what is your range? What is your versatility playing the defensive side of the ball? And so to see you come up and play in the middle of the field for the run game and go against, you know, what would traditionally be like a tight end or whatever, then play on the outside against outside receivers and then play, you know, a cover two zone, a cover one zone, a cover three. You know, you could see all of that in in the short amount of time that the film is, which, you know, with being able to see that in just that short kind of dose on the highlight level make makes me understand like, yeah, she can get it and play every single position and kind of just do whatever you ask from a coach's standpoint, which I mean, keeps you on the field and uh, you know, our team making plays. Yeah. Right. Um, I also said that you undercut routes very well. There are a couple instances of that, uh, whether you have to bat it and, you know, kind of use your arm to smack it down or, you know, if you get the opportunity to jump the pass and make an interception and bait quarterbacks, basically. Um, I said uh, and that you're also a solid flag puller. And then the, the areas of improvement was a little bit different on this one. It wasn't like for the receiving film. I was like, I just don't know. I mean, I, I want her as a receiver <laughs> on my team, you know, where I was kind of speechless. Uh, I'd say on the defensive side of the ball that from time to time you could be a little physical and that could potentially lead to flags on the NAI level. But honestly, like I'd rather have a defensive back that's more physical and like doesn't allow separation than one who does, you know, or tries to compensate with speed or something like that. So you didn't hear it from Coach Stoffer, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and then there is like a <laughs> single run play, literally one, where I just thought that the footwork was a little scattered and you like kind of crossed your legs a little bit. Uh, trying to like turn your hips um, but I mean that was only on one play otherwise you react to the run game pretty well so I guess on top of this quick hitter defensive film breakdown that I just hit you with on top of you know what I had to say from episode 155 and listeners if you want to know what I said uh, go ahead and check that episode out but uh, you know what was your reaction to that first film analysis on the episode and then this film analysis on your defensive highlights kind of in the now. I'd have to say, um, listening to that first episode, 155, um, I would agree that for my receiver side, I'd say if you want me on offense or defense, I'm going to choose offense. I'll definitely play both. I can do both. Um, but I think since my passion for being a wide receiver is, is just infinite, that I think the skill set that's there is definitely higher. Um, I'd agree. I'd agree. I have long arms and um, that definitely helps me go up to snag some more balls and whatnot. Um, Being on the line of scrimmage and running that route, going up for that pass. It's just over the past couple of years, it's just like, I can feel this different sort of aggression when I jump up for it. And I think that's what allows me to help stick, stick the catch more, especially when there's other girls around me. Like we're basically playing a game of three flags up all the time say that definitely helps and comes in handy and um for the spot of improvement i'm glad i was able to send you that defensive film just to let you know that in most of my games i'm playing both sides of the ball getting a break is rare but definitely worth it because i'll be on that field as long as i can until i collapse but um i would say the aggressive part i love staying aggressive but I, keeping out just watching the flag seeing how the refs are playing that game more specifically since it's non-contact football is definitely something I need to be looking out for. Um, basically, when I'm playing, just need to be able to gauge more of the ref's viewpoint. Seeing how the girls on the other team are giving contact and I'll give at least that much level or whatnot. Um, and footing, I'd have to say footing's been somewhat of a problem. Like, there's certain videos where I'll just randomly fall and everyone's going to be like, what happened? And my mom would say that all the time. And uh, I would say I have pretty big feet as well as long arms. Uh, that men's night does come in handy sometimes. So, uh, so just watching out for that footing, you know, and um, just learning to work with that as a part of my speed skill and balance, most especially. That will help me just dominate and execute defense 100%. Absolutely. And uh, I, I assume you're already aware, but if you haven't yet, you know, invest into one of those uh, salmon ladders, you know, just the agility ones that you lay out on the <laughs> ground. And then uh, tires, too, because they make you pick, pick your feet up way more than the ladders do. Because the ladders, I mean, the thick is, the thickness is like a quarter inch versus a tire that's like yeah. half a foot. So it really makes yeah. you focus on picking it up and stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely agree. And it's good to hear 
uh, firsthand, like, yeah, I have long arms. It makes it pretty easy to just moss, you know, some <laughs> of these smaller cornerbacks and stuff. It's, I'm just like yeah. that. So, and, uh, you know, that's absolutely true. And, yeah, I was, I was stunned just watching the film. Like, wow, this is a complete wide receiver here. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, I, I appreciate the reaction to, to, you know, your film from our perspective and hearing a little bit of your two cents here. But I kind of want to elaborate on, you know, kind of who you model your game after and, you know, maybe some qualities that you think you personally, I mean, you already kind of talked about the arms, but, uh, you know, what do you think from your perspective makes you different from other prospects in the state or country? Or countries since you're playing for uh american and mexican teams i have to say a person or a player i specifically idolize it's got to be larry fitzgerald that number 11 on the cardinals i mean i've watched him ever ever since i was born he's been playing football and um just seeing him out there one got the best hands in the game he think he's got more more tackles and drops listed and um so That's one of my favorite have, stats of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to, yeah, I have to agree there that um, just knowing, like, I'd have to, in, in philosophy, I don't think I dropped the ball that much. And just remembering how he always caught it in his form helps me too. And um, he always somehow sneaks his way around, finds gaps. Um, and that's why I like and admire, I'd say, of course, the fastest man, one of the fastest men in football, Tyree Kills, uh, especially his route running. The way, during press especially too, how he can just get that sick jab in there and he's gone right off the bat. Or how he can slow his body down, force the corner to hesitate for half a second and then he's gone back. And personally, I'd say in general, especially when I was younger, I was more of a quieter person who would just sort of step back and take stuff in more. And um, that's what Coach Liz Sauer of the USA team sometimes says. She goes, why are you so quiet, Brenna? I'm like, I'm just watching, Coach. And um, so I like to watch it all in. And I think the biggest part that's helped me with my field awareness is I feel like most of the time when I go open for a pass, a lot of the times it's not. I can normally find the gaps pretty well. And I worked well with Ava Wallace, a Texas Series 15 quarterback in Tampa. I watched some of that film and it seemed like I was able to come back to the ball and I'd say that field awareness has helped me exponentially in my game for not only having to just have full speed and agility as a receiver, but just finding those gaps makes it easy to catch the ball, you know? Oh, absolutely. And that's something that, you know, when we when we do our rubrics, you know, for, for wide receivers, especially, you know, me being the receiver guy, that's part of it. That's part of the rubric is it's cool if you can catch the ball, if you can run. But if you run into defenders and you make every catch a jump ball, like you're going to be less and less useful throughout the game if every catch is a jump ball versus just getting open. And, you know, that's that's a testament. Like you said, the field awareness and the vision and then on top of it, like route running and, you know, being able to do stuff like that opens up so many opportunities for you as a receiver. Like if you can find the open spots in the defense, that's when they trust you to run those option routes, you know, and that's every receiver's dream is, you know, okay, finally, I can decide if I'm going to run, you know, the hook in or the post, right? You know, I get to decide that based off the defense and that level of trust that comes with that from the coach and stuff is, you know, that that's the ultimate form of autonomy from receiver other than just calling your own route to the quarterback. Like, yeah, yeah, just throw it up, you know? Um, so being able to do that is a huge, huge skill. And, you know, one of many that you have, obviously, I mean, you know, if, like I said, if I had to choose um, your your ability to moss is is probably the most fun to watch, obviously. But uh, I mean, like you said, the field awareness, I noted it in my notes saying that it was excellent, you know, in the episode. I'm not sure exactly how I worded it, but it, I was very high on, you know, just your ability to find the open person. And especially in flag football, where a lot of it becomes improv kind of football, that's a great skill to have. So, and one that you'll be able to carry on to the next level. But uh, yeah. bef before we it's talk exciting, about- It's exciting, because like, I'm oh, sorry. One no, of my go for favorite, it. Um, one of my favorite things about the field awareness part is being able to work with my quarterbacks. And we see gaps in the defense, and I go, hey, Q, check whatever number, whatever route I want to run on the tree. And uh, I think that's just so important, because 
when you're a player, the coach, the coach is there to do everything for you in terms of helping you find what play. It comes to a point where you as a player, you've got to do what you can do on the field, what coach can't do themselves, right? So you sometimes might need to change the length of that route, um, the way you're going to run it, the speed at which you run it, when you're going to look at the quarterback based on how fast the rusher is, but also maybe even the route itself sometimes. So I, it, it's really unique to be able to communicate with my quarterbacks of all teams. Uh, most often I do it with Amaya Moreno on Lady Ghost. Amaya, check check two, and we're gone on a quick route instead of what would have been a go, and I'm all the way gone across the field anyways. Um, it's just exciting to be able to run those types of routes with, with skilled quarterbacks and teammates as well. Yeah, and I mean, that just sounds like an awesome setup that you have too and that level of trust that you have with your quarterback and, uh, you know, that just football IQ that you have in general to to bring with you wherever you go. Um, and so I think that that's a, a great time to kind of bring up, you know, your experiences here as you've played for a handful of teams when you uh, introduced yourself, obviously. And, you know, I'd like to just kind of give you the floor on, you know, what the experiences has, have been with all those different teams. I mean, all the way from working with, you know, NFL level coaches in Sours, you know, and uh, multiple national championship winning coaches in Sours and stuff like that, as well as, you know, championship teams in Mexico, tournament winning teams with Texas Fury, et cetera, et cetera. You've had so many opportunities to win with all of these teams and, you know, just so much time to play flag football. And so just kind of getting an experience from someone who's played on so many different teams, what is kind of the difference between these teams? What are some things that you liked about kind of each team? And what was your, I guess, kind of story journeying through uh, all these different flag football teams? I mean, first off, I have to say this, what I've been able to do, especially this past year, it's been easily the opportunity of a lifetime, not, not too many people get to do this or even say they've helped lead the way, you know, for females in flag football, especially in the current years as it's grown rapidly. Um, I'd have to say what brings all the teams together is, or I should say, are the teammates who, all of them, who are just positive in every way and always work for a team effort, for the team to succeed, not just for self-sufficiency, you know? Everyone's willing, everyone's willing to work together, always communicating, you know, not afraid to just say what needs to be done. And um, I have to say the most unique thing about starting off the Ghosts, my team Lady Ghosts here in Phoenix, is um, I actually played with them in a tournament a couple years previous, but return or with COVID happening and whatnot, I was able to join back with them uh, just recently, a year ago. And um has been such an experience because a majority of the girls, I'm the only senior right now, and most of the girls are sophomore or younger, so it's just exciting to see them grow as a team as well and able to just play football for what should be quite a long time. Um, Valley Fever. Valley Fever's been quite an experience. The coach, Dustin, I love Dustin. He's a cool guy. But um, playing with, that was my first time playing with grown adults on a women's team before. That's been quite unique because their level of, I would say, overall maturity is there, but also general field awareness is is quite uh, memorable. They're always working, always know at least what plays to adjust to, uh, always positive teammates, and I just really love that about the women's team. It's just been unique playing with older players before since uh, most of the time it's just been a different experience playing with girls of my age. Um, so it was fun to play with them. With the USA team, that's been quite an experience. I remember going to tryouts in Indianapolis. I knew from Arizona that was trying out. And um, I really didn't know anybody else. Um, I was talking with a couple people here and there, you know, just mainly focused on whatnot, just trying to stick myself out there. But um being able to be with the girls on this team, this one's special. With our fun personalities and strong skills, we've been able to dominate dominate on the field. And um, finally, well, two more things. So, Sentinelas, I got to play with them. I had the opportunity to play with them in Mexico at least one time. And um, they're, they're a fun group because 
I'd have to say Mexico football is a little bit different from here. It's, I'd say it's definitely the same level of competition, just a more of a different atmosphere, environment, and different people in general, you know? So it gives it a different feel of the game, like that championship I was playing with. And um, it was just fun to be able to be with those girls. And uh, I'm half Mexican. So it was fun just to be able to be a part of the Mexican culture down there and um, be with those girls. And finally, I got to play with Texas Fury in January for the Youth Worlds. And um, those girls, those girls, it's fun to play with them. I especially liked playing with Ashley Clam, uh, playing safety with her, because just back and forth, we were communicating, high, low, high, low, I got this, you got that, I got the ball, you cover low, get that ISO on that corner or on that wide receiver out there. Um, It was really fun to get to play with them. And I just think the most unique part about all this is how integrated teams are and tying together. We all somehow come together and also play in Team USA. Um, and also with Valley Fever, I've had a couple girls on that team who play on this team in Mexico, but also play with USA. So it's cool how I've gotten to consistently play with some of these girls and we've really gotten to know each other well, um, grow. And on the coaches side, I mean, all my coaches have been just, just great and so insanely supportive. Um, I mean, we've always, I always like to throw my two cents in there and let them know what I think about what's on the field. And they've never once gotten agitated or whatnot. They're always open to improving the game as a whole. And I'm just so thankful for all the coaches I've had over the years. I uh, had my signing day in February. And um, there's a picture I have of all my coaches. I mean, just the ones, at least from Arizona. And I looked at that picture and I said, that's a, that's a lot of people who, and these men who have uh, especially led me leading the way in female flag football by being in the scenes as my coach, as directors of the lease, and also the females that we lead the way, like Coach Liz and Katie Sowers. Yeah, no, that's that's quite an exciting, you know, uh, experience that you've gotten to, to have. And I mean, not only do you get to come together with these teams and, you know, play on a few different teams, you know, with some of the same players, but I mean, the amount of talent that you've been exposed to, whether it's playing with or against, is historic, really, especially this early in the game or this early in, you know, the explosion of flag football. Like, I, I never got to see, you know, that much variety and, you know, diversity and talent throughout my entire football career. And for you to have captured that, you know, and I, I mean, obviously, you pl- you've been playing football forever, as you said earlier. But, uh, you know, getting able to experience a lot of that in like a pretty swift roller coaster as well is also, you know, insane. And, you know, I like how all of these different things and contributions and qualities and traits from all these different teams has formed together to just make a monster of a player, both, you know, physically, but also especially mentally is what I love to hear you talk about in the facts like, you know, I was able to learn this from this team and, you know, the maturity playing with the adults and, you know, the and then the experience and the pride playing with one team, you know, just getting all of these different angles and experiences. I mean, it's no wonder why you're such a spectacular player, because, I mean, diversity promotes growth and, you know, versatility. So getting all these different perspectives does increase, you know, the ceiling that you have to play to. And, you know, it's that's not just, you know, a football thing. That's an everything thing. There's there have been studies where it's like, yeah, when we diversify different, you know, perspectives and stuff, whatever the product is, is going to be better or more improved. And uh, in your case, it's flag football, which is, you know, great for us here at Playmakers Corner and even more wonderful for the sport of football and for the growing sport of uh, women and girls flag football as well. So, um, you know, talking about a little bit sneaking into the future here a little bit um obviously you know spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't looked on socials but uh brenna you are a kaiser university commit and so you know we've talked a little bit about you know you got the text that naia football is a thing and you're like yes we got to get into it let's figure it out and so you know with that level of excitement to play football on the next level and you know kind of all that going for you what was the recruitment kind of process like? And, you know, how was talking to schools? Was that kind of um, like, did it kind of meet what you were expecting? Or what were some things that you maybe learned? Because, I mean, 
playing football is one thing and you can learn the film and you know the zones what have you the routes and that's one thing but i feel like recruitment is more on you know what what's going on with the people what am i getting from the school as well and it's a lot of football players we talked to are like yeah i mean i'm a great football player but the recruitment process was dizzying you know so just kind of take us through that process as much as you want to and uh you know what are you know hopefully more and more as more and more programs start in women's flag football i mean i think there's going to be like three or four more teams uh that i at least know of heading into nai last year so you know hopefully more young women will hear this and kind of think about what their recruitment may look like but uh i kind of rambled for a second there but uh go ahead and take (laughs) it away back to the brenna ramirez story (laughs) no but uh you're definitely right in the aspect that um Playing is one level, but the recruitment is a whole nother side that's just as important. Uh, just takes a different skill set, you know. Um, so it started when I recovered from PT last April, and I began playing with Ghost again. And it was coming up in my senior year. I'm like, hey, I gotta, I gotta get back into this now. I have the chance, and for colleges to see me. And because um, I previously had been some on some of their contact list, but um, the communication just wasn't quite there since I hadn't played and hadn't seen me play. So I'd say a big starter was beginning an Instagram account for my football. And um, that really helped when I got some film on there. I was able to send that who, to whoever I'd like. Um, direct messages on Instagram to coaches and their football accounts at the colleges. Um, because it's such a tight-knit community, they are able to see those messages. So that really was uh, a simple but crucial aspect to communicating with these coaches. So I got the Instagram account, got the uh, videos posted, was able to get into contact with coaches. Uh, you know, they'd give me a general estimated offer. And um, if it was able to be substantial for my family and I, um, I would... I went out there for a visit. I went on a couple different visits. And um, I'd say one of the biggest things I looked for was first off, the coach. And what kind of a person they were. Um, If they, not only if they just really wanted me as a player, but as a person too, what kind of person they saw in me, but who I saw in them as well. Um, Just seeing how they could help me picture out my future. And um, so I really liked to focus on the coach. And the players as well, and the community who I was going to be around, because I was going to be with them for four whole, four whole years, you know. And um, just getting to know the girls. I mean, all the girls I got to meet were just great people. Flag football is a great community that we have. And um, not going to lie, being a girl from Arizona where it's 100 degrees on the daily, I think it's almost 100 right now outside. But um, I'd have to say... Florida did catch my eye a little more. Uh, the Sunshine State with all the beach coastlines, since I love hitting the beach all the time. But um, Kaiser, Kaiser was special because I got to meet on my visit. I got to communicate first off a lot with Austin Bow, the former assistant coach. Um, he was, he's a really great guy. I mean, he you can tell that he just does whatever he can like other coaches to improve the game of women's football and help girls get noticed and get there, you know, and, uh, the current coach, Justin Hill, the head coach, um, just such a nice guy and knows his stuff, knows football, not only football, but just the logistics of college, you know, helping me get to where I need to get my degree, which I hope I'm planning in, or I'm going to major in exercise science, but, um, you know, just looking for that right group of people to, help me get to where I need to be, not only in my future, but just living in the moment as well. Yeah, there's a lot of things that definitely go into college. And, uh, you know, if you graduate in exercise science, join the crew. That's what uh, Coach V and I both graduated in is uh, the School of Exercise Science. So, um, awesome. you know, it's that'd be a, a good fit. And it's a great fit for athletes, too, because, I mean, then you get to hang around sports for forever. And that's <laughs> that's the that's the move, right? That's the move. <laughs> that's the dream yeah exactly so and uh i appreciate you kind of you know shouting out you know all those visits that you got to get and uh it's kind of refreshing to hear this because you know there is a period of time where we were interviewing class of 21 guys or gals you know and class of 2020 
visits weren't really possible. So it's good to hear, you know, those visits coming back into, like you said, uh, you know, in April of uh, 21, kind of getting that kicked off and stuff. And, uh, you know, into this year, visits being a part of it, because, I mean, campus life is something to consider. And like you said, living in the moment, being a priority for you and checking out where I'm going to be living uh, is a pretty big deal. And, you know, fortunately for you over at Kaiser, there's a lot of, uh, you know, girls from Florida there. So they can show you the spots as well at the beach and, uh, you know, what's happening when. So that's pretty awesome that you get that whole experience as well. Yeah, um, that was that's awesome hearing about recruiting. I'm sure. I mean, like you said, that those little tips like starting an Instagram account, which, by the way, listeners, if you haven't already, it's Brenna underscore Ramirez 11 on Instagram. Go ahead and give that a follow. That's where I watched a lot of her film. And I, I was scrolling on here forever, honestly, because there's just so many great plays. And then you have all the offers, too. I'm like, yeah, this is this is exciting stuff. So uh, Brenna's life is a movie. So go ahead and check it out on the Instagram. Once again, just going to give you a plug here. Brenna underscore Ramirez 11. That's on Instagram. So, but, uh, you know, we're, we're in the off season now here. You have your commitment and, you know, I guess, what are some things that you're looking to improve? Because I mean, you know, I'm reacting from, from a highlight perspective, you and I kind of discussed footwork a little bit. And, uh, you know, I just want to let the listeners in on kind of some things that you want to be focusing on this offseason uh, before, you know, debuting, uh, debuting potentially as a uh, freshman in uh, flag football. I'd say just right now, while we're going to go into the new school year and get ready for the new season, you know, um, focusing on training is my biggest my biggest focus right now. Um, just last month in April, I was playing with Team USA in um, Charlotte, and I tore my other, my left ACL, playing corner. But um, I mean, it's a it's a big bummer. I'm not gonna lie. You know, playing with all these teams have been. I mean, it's been it's been a movie, like you said. It really has this past year. But um, I mean, I'm just grateful. I'm really grateful. I I have this opportunity to play in college. You know, like not too many girls get this chance. And since that's secured, I mean. It's a bummer, but I'm I'm really grateful for that. And um, so hopefully soon enough, uh, within the month, next month or so, I'm hoping to get surgery. And after that, it's just getting on right away, right away on that rehab. Um, doing whatever I can, you know, to just build up the muscles around. And um, currently, right now, before surgery, prehab, pre pre rehabilitation is just it's just as important. I mean, it's it's kind of a hidden secret, but just making sure that my muscles are built and strengthened and getting ready for surgery is a big aspect. I think after having recovered from my last ACL injury that I think I lost sight that consistently working and training was a key part, not to just improving my game, but sustaining my current game. Um, I mean, I'd have to say football, football, football definitely comes on the easier side for me just because I love it so much. I think that's, that's part of my game. And um, I mean, after seeing my game for the past few months, everything, everything had fallen in place pretty nice, you know, coming home with a couple rings. But um, it's hard. It was it was a little hard, I guess, for my body, my brain. I was ready to go out every every weekend, fly out wherever and play a game. You know, that's just that was a dream. But um, it is hard on the body to play all this tournament. So. I mean, while it's a tough learning lesson, it's just an important one to prevent future injuries and realizing that I just need to keep up current workouts to sustain my, and not only sustain, but improve also on my game. Absolutely. And I I want to just take a second to highlight and focus and emphasize, you know, you mentioning prehab, you know, we've talked to a couple of athletes who've sustained injuries and whatnot, and, uh, you know, they're on they're on the other side of it right they're like they're on the you know what was it like recovering kind of talk with us and uh you know i think that they may have overlooked or forgotten about you know prehab is a part of it and uh you know mentally kind of dialing it in and understanding what you need to do and uh you know for someone as determined as yourself that's pretty easy i'd say well not like literally easy but you understand what you have to do fundamentally Versus, you know, other people who maybe don't get it, they don't know the process, and 
maybe they get way too eager and then that makes it worse right so you know having that a good head on your shoulders helps out with with the recovery and understanding what needs to be done so exactly yeah i've i mean i've done this before i mean i've told the other one i mean while well, it sucks i mean i know exactly what i have to do and not to rush or speed up the pace but just to get on it right away when i can and keep the things up to pace or a little bit faster it's just it'll be good this time we'll be ready yeah control the things you can control exactly. just like anything else exactly. so well, perfect. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of getting towards the end of this interview here. And uh, here at Playmakers Corner, we understand that, I mean, you've already shouted out so many different teammates and coaches and, and your family as well. But we want to really give you the floor to spotlight, you know, some of those coaches and family members or anyone who's been important to your athletic or academic life, too. Because, I mean, student athlete, right? I mean, you could be the best player on the planet. But it's really hard to give someone a scholarship who has a 1.0 GPA, right? So, I mean, you've you've lived up to the hype on both ends and have uh, carried your weight. So, you know, whoever has helped you with that process, uh, go ahead and take your time and uh, shout them out. Well, I might have just a couple, but to make it quick, I'd have to say um, to start off, it's it all starts with my mom. Um, just through all the years, she's helped me sign up just for different leagues, find different opportunities to play football wherever I can. But especially this past year, we call her my personal sports agent because uh, she's helped me with the logistics of everything. You know, playing is one thing, but getting there, getting organized, being able to have the money to get there, it's it's another a whole nother ball game, but just as crucial. So um, just her, her endless support and ability to, to help me get there, and especially through the surgery, help that get scheduled as well is just crucial um my dad who who started this whole thing off by just playing catch with me in the uh in the backyard you know just constantly running those routes i remember i'd always just tell him like last one last one but that last one lasted for probably another 30 minutes to an hour you know until it was just pitch black and we couldn't be out there any longer no he just always wanted to be out there with me you know he never said no just wants the best for me always tells me you know, before I go off on trips, you know, whatever happens, just leave it to God. It's in God's hands. Um, just always working the hardest, controlling what I can control. And they've just always been there for me. Um, I want to thank my first coach for I've ever playing football. I played uh, National Youth Sports, NYS. When I was six years old, my first coach, his name was Coach Albert. Um, recently, I just got to see him today. He actually works at Gilbert High School, where I go to. So I got to see him today. Uh, and that was pretty unique. Um, and throughout throughout all the years, Steve Brody was a, a key coach that I interacted with. Uh, from about fourth grade to 10th grade, I played in Gilbert Youth Sports Football, um, GYFL, and he's been there. He was the director of the league. He was there and helped promote me and get me noticed. And, you know, I was that girl in the league who we play football with the boys. I didn't start playing with the girls consistently till uh, my sophomore in high school, I'd say. I before that, all I did was play with the boys, so it was it was a unique experience. Um, my coach is currently on Ghost, Coach Damien Deadman and Frank Moreno. They're just endless in their support for me, you know, especially coming back to them after COVID and the other ACL tear and being there for me now, allowing me to go to Vegas with the girls. Uh, just this past weekend and watch them win those rings, you know, that was special. Um, on Valley Fever, like I mentioned, Dustin, he's just, he's just the best, you know, he's, he's an amazing guy and is just so supportive, always checking in on me, you know, he's just always been there for me since, ever since I met him, just, I could say, uh, a couple months ago, um, we'll come a little more than a couple, but, uh, He's just, he's just a cool guy. And um, on the Sentinelas team, that was an especially unique experience, you know, since I was going, I visited Mexico a couple times, but, you know, going to another country, meeting up with different people. Um, I have a couple teammates from that team that also play on the USA team. Uh, one that, current, that had previously played on Ghosts with me. Um, just being able to be with those girls there is a special team. And... Yannette Felix, she's the coach of Sentinelas, along with 
um, her husband Pepe and Leo, they're just great, great people. So welcoming and kind, you know, when I went on these trips, sometimes I would, it was just easier for me to go by myself and they always took me in, were willing to help out in whatever way they could. Uh, and on the USA team, Coach Jason Clam for, from Texas Fury and uh, Liz and Katie Sowers, you know, um, just always there for me, willing to check in on me, whatever I needed. And all these coaches just helped me improve my overall game, you know, because I'm I'm a player and I do what I can. But whether people see it or not, the coaches are the ones there on the sidelines every game, every practice, being there for you. They've helped me learn. Can't even count how much, how many new things I've learned, you know. Um, but just the consistent help and support I've received over these past 11 years of football, other sports as well. Um, it's just been, I mean, I guess you could say a life like no other. I mean, this is just quite the unique opportunity. So I'm beyond grateful for it. And you, you love to hear all of those experiences. And uh, man, I we're, we're not supposed to be biased here, you know, on the Playmakers Corner. But, uh, you know, hearing about your experiences and just getting to meet and really interact with you, I mean, you know, if, if Kaiser wins a couple more games, then, you know, I wouldn't mind it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it has me even more excited, you know, getting to spotlight this class of 2022 that Simon, have I, Simon and I have been able to do. And, uh, you know, on behalf of myself and Simon, we are both so, so grateful for you being on the show and, uh, you know, just having these interactions. And, you know, you've already kind of imparted some wisdom, obviously, in the recruiting aspect. But, you know, as the sport continues to grow and as, you know, we we here in the media are going to try and do everything we can to continuously promote it and promote, you know, girls and women's football. Um, what advice do you have for maybe some up and coming, you know, whether it's middle school, high school or aspiring football players, um, you know, as this sport continues to grow and, you know, some things that, you know, you, you maybe wish that younger yourself maybe got to hear. Yeah, I'd have to say the biggest thing, just the biggest thing is just don't be afraid to get out there and whether you're playing with the girls or the boys too. I remember my, my very first practice ever, I um, had a family friend drop me off and I remember I wouldn't get out of the car. Um, must have been a little shy or embarrassed, you know, being the only girl starting every season out there. You know, it seems like there's some set reputation, but you can easily, easily change that around by just um, not being afraid, working your hardest. Hard work is easily where, what's gotten me to where I am now. Um, without without putting in that effort consistently, you it's it's hard to get places. So just um, additionally, just find yourself a strong support system too, because you you can do things by yourself, but it can get it can get difficult. So finding that strong set of groups of people who will be there for you and want the best for you truly. Um, and I would say just just have the grit to get through it when it's tough because not every not every game's gonna be easy or every injury is gonna be quick to overcome, you know. Um, but just having faith that if you do your part, the rest the rest will show out. And the biggest thing is it's it's girls in football now. It's our time. It's our time to show it. So just don't be afraid to get out there. Absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that, you know, first story, because I, I'd imagine that's not, you know, that's not like a completely solo thing that happens. I imagine that, you know, just being, you know, different in, in any way approaching, you know, a crowd that all looks the same can be a little bit imposing. So um, just taking that leap and uh, going for it. And, uh, you know, having a, a little bit of a parachute to catch yourself with in that sports system, not a bad setup, right? And uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. And thank you, Brenna, so much for joining us on the show. You know, Coach V, Simon, he texted me. He said, make sure to tell Brenna thank you so much for, you know, interacting with us and being on the show. And, you know, for myself, thank you so much for, A, putting on excellent film and putting together great film to watch and, you know, keeping me entertained in that point, but also just being an absolute joy to have on the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm really grateful for this opportunity, you know, to to just be able to get the text and say, hey, do you want to do an interview to talk about flag football? 
if you told me even a year or two ago that this was going to happen, that I was going to be going to college to play flag football, I mean, I would have told you you're insane. And um, just to be, you know, a pioneer in female flag football, it's just quite an honor. So thank you for having me on the show. Of course. And, you know, this is something that we'll look back on and be like, wow, we really had Brenna on the show for an interview, you know, uh, before she was making plays on a on a national level, you know, for for that showcase and for that tournament. So, you know, we here are obviously grateful to have, you know, yourself and all of the, you know, great, you know, girls to women's flag football players. Uh, we've interviewed a handful that are also committed to play next year. And, uh, you know, it gets us very excited for this upcoming season as we just get to know, like you said, this community is fantastic um, here in women's flag football. And, you know, as as someone who who covers, you know, other uh, like high school football and stuff, this community is really nice to be a part of because the other ones can be pretty toxic sometimes. So uh, we're grateful to be a part of it uh, just as much, if not more than uh, than you are to to be a part of it as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, for any listeners who want to continually learn more about flag football, we post episodes every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. This is the future of football. It's here and it's exploding. So go ahead and jump on the train before, you know, it really takes off going a thousand gazillion million miles an hour. All right. And, uh, you know, anywhere that we post on social media, we'll have all of our announcements for upcoming episodes, you know, we're on Twitter at Playmaker Corner. We're at uh, Instagram at Playmakers Corner. Facebook, you know, for, uh, you know, our parents, I know that they're on Facebook a little bit more than Instagram. So that's obviously a great place to find us. We're also on TikTok, constantly promoting, you know, our episodes. So go ahead and find us on TikTok. And then, you know, coming up, you know, or in the past, we've done streams for flag football as well as, you know, other forms of football. So go ahead and find us on Twitch at Playmakers Corner and go ahead and Give us a subscription there so you get notifications whenever we post new episodes. And if you can't make it to our Twitch streams, because, I mean, we have audiences listening all the way from Florida to California now, uh, go ahead and find us on YouTube where we repost all those things. Man, it gets more and more of a (laughs) mouthful every time we do that outro. But thank you to all the listeners. And once again, Brenna, thank you so, so much. I cannot express how much this interview has meant and uh you know how much it just lifts my spirits to uh you know get to interview elite flag football players who are also pleasant yeah thank you so much for this opportunity Uh, i'm just thankful for everyone who's been there to support me and uh for opportunities like this just to help grow the great game that is flag football